You are listening to selfdiscoverymedia.com, where illumination and inspiration is but a click away. With so many genre topics for you on everything that you need to know in life, we celebrate and share the people who have taken the journey before you and who are now here to serve you with their wisdom and their knowledge. The next show coming up is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Sarah's View of Life, right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am Sarah Troy. Worry over our children. If you are going to be a mother, whether you're a mother of a child or mother of a pet, you are going to have anxious moments. There are going to be those moments in life where they have an accident, or they do something that is very worrisome. How do you cope with it? I have three wonderful children. They're all grown up now in their 30s. But believe me, many of my gray hairs here have their name on it. They've done lots of things to cause me anxiety, from being a toddler falling over and cutting their ear open, from um, having, uh, what was it? It was uh, fake appendicitis. And no, she didn't fake it. It was just mimicking the appendicitis. And that's what we thought she had and she didn't. <clears throat> My son, tonsillectomy, three tonsillectomies in one week. Uh, the breaking of his thema, and um, it really has been one thing after the other. But how do we deal with the anxiety in that now? Now, right now, we have a kitty here who's just been spayed, and my wonderful, wonderful companion lady here of 86 was just so anxious, like completely worked up, losing sleep over it, because she didn't want her putty cat to be in pain. The thing is, we saw putty cat in heat and a week of that poor little soul going around howling her head off so uncomfortable clearly in distress and there was nothing nothing we could do for her that is very distressful she's come through this operation of being spayed beautifully she's eating drinking sleeping pooping roaming around doesn't like the cone but that's okay she's doing very very well and no longer does she have to go through that other suffering. But where do we allow our anxiety to move and when do we allow ourselves to actually feel it? I remember my daughter uh, at a store and I told her not to climb on the box and she did anyway and then she fell off and she sliced her ear. And we went to the doctors and she's lying there. They anesthetized the ear and I'm literally holding a hand this close, looking right into her eyes, talking to the doctor with a big smile on my face. And she is staring right into my eyes, waiting for me to panic. And the doctor was saying, thank you for not panicking. This makes it so much easier because if you're anxious, she's going to be anxious. And that's the point. We can later on have a reaction. Oh my God, that was so stressful. Oh, how did I get through it? But being anxious in the time gets picked up by our children or by our pets. And that anxiety carries over to them and it triggers something in them going, well, what do I need to be anxious about? Uh, is there something wrong, mum? Uh, is there something to be afraid of? Is something going to hurt? Are you okay? And that anxiety just exacerbates things. So 
we really need to watch our anxiety. Now, I know it's easier said than done. I'm a mom. I know. But at some point, you have to take that deep breath. And be calm and deal with the moment in the moment as calmly as possible. Shiver and shake out of sight later. But in that moment, you need to be calm. Hysteria absolutely does not work. It benefits zero. Nobody, nothing. Screaming and shouting does nothing. Being angry does nothing. And you're dealing with a crisis in the moment, whether it's an injury, whether it is a fall, an accident, whether it is something that they've done that has the police knocking at the door or a parent knocking at the door or the teacher calling you in, whatever it is, you have to take it in your stride. You have to be calm. The moment you're raising flags out there of that you're not calm, automatically everybody's perceived as guilty or has asked for it or can't cope with it. So that mindfulness of calmness is very, very important. So how do you get to that state? Well, as I said, the deep breath. First and foremost, when you're hearing something, take a deep breath. I'll give you a case in point. That, that was my daughter with her ear. There was my other daughter who was little kid screaming her head off, uh, grabbing her ears and clearly so much pain. And I'd rush down to emergency. They'd see me straight away, get her on antibiotics, yet another ear infection. She eventually had to have an operation where they put tubes in. And then after that, we built up her immune system and she never had an earache again. But at that time, I had to be calm because she was in distress. If I was in distress with her, it would have thrown her out. When you're watching your little kid of four, five, being wheeled off into the hospital, you know, to the surgery, you've just got to be cheerful. And then oh, afterwards, not in front of them. This poor child also, uh, because of all the fever she had when she was young, ended up losing her teeth and, and having to have crowns and root canals and all these type of things at a very young age. And we would go along to the dental clinic and I would always buy her ice cream afterwards as a reward. We bought her a, a car, you know, that she drove around in. And the other kids were saying, well, what does she get? And they came with me one day and they saw what she went through. Mom, give her anything she wants. That was horrible. And I had to be calm. I actually ended up assisting the dentist, giving them what they wanted, doing this and that, holding her hand and being calm all the way through it. You don't want to see your child in pain and in distress, but as a parent, you have to sometimes just deal with it to do what you need to do so that they can start healing. And later on, you can download that stress. So the poor thing went through quite a bit of that and she went through this lapscotomy to find out what they, they thought was appendicitis. It wasn't, it was a mimic of appendicitis. And, and she'd been through quite a bit in her young age. My poor son, right from the word go, I was a coma in birth with him and he um, came out completely distressed and uh, that distress would carry over in a lot of his life for a while. And he's just been extremely unlucky with every operation he's ever had. My, um, I didn't have a C-section with him. It was a natural birth. It should have been a C-section. And he, as I said, he came out really distressed. Um, and when uh, later on he broke his femur, snapped it in half, and uh, 
they're putting in a rod and they're putting in screws and the drill bit broke off in the leg because there's bone density for a child that's amazingly strong. And that operation went kind of partially wrong. Um, and then later on, he had to have a tonsillectomy and they had to have three in one week because it kept bleeding. And the pain that he went through, I have to admit that third time of being in emergency with him, watching them suck this blood out of his throat and they haven't anesthetized him. I nearly fainted myself. I just started getting extremely hot and just short of breath and I had to be there for him. And it was horrible to see him go through that three times in one week. And he's definitely been unlucky. You know, he broke his finger and, and he's had three operations on it and it's still not straightened out and it's just not fun for him. And you hate to see that. It's the same thing with them being bullied at school and you want to step in and do something. But all you can do is be there for them and teach them how to stand up to the bully, how to place value upon themselves, how to come back with the right words. I remember my mum saying to me, let the person bully you, pretend you're spaced out, turn around to them afterwards and say, I'm sorry, was that for me? I didn't hear you. And it frustrates the bullier because they want to get a rise out of you. They don't get a rise out of you. You haven't given them what they want. You could be jelly on the inside, but you've got to be cool, calm and collected on the outside. I've even at boarding school been dragged into the garden, planted as a weed because I had asthma, couldn't do some of the activities they could do. And they wanted to plant me as a weed because they saw it as a sign of weakness. All it did is became my strength. And that's part of the thing with your children even your pets, they're going to go through things in life. And it is the strength that they get from it. The tenacity, the, the courage, the knowledge that they get from it that's going to make them stronger. Because we don't go through life without dealing with something. So by cool, being cool, calm and collected. And you know what? You can get angry at times. You know, your kids go and do stupid things. It doesn't mean you don't love them but you don't love what they've just done. And you can call them on it. You can say, that was a stupid move. What made you do that? You understand there's going to be consequences, but never tell them they were stupid. Never say to them, I can't love you anymore. Never, never, never. Their act was stupid. They're going to have to face the consequences of it, but that's got nothing to do with how you love them and who they are as a person. We all make mistakes. It's how we learn from them that is important. So whether your poor animal is hurt and you're having to go through a process of healing, whether you're having to put an animal down, I've held many an animal as it's died. And with my own beautiful Kokomo, who I miss to this day, I literally had her face in my hands and I'm looking at her eyes and I've told her for the last two days how grateful I am that she was in my life, how I'm going to miss her, how much I loved her. We made her a steak dinner gave her ice cream and then the vet gave her the shot that just took her away from us and then we left her for a moment and let her whole um, essence transcend and go up to where it needed to go and i continued stroking and holding her i still do miss her because she was my greatest friend in life but i had to let her go because it would have been cruel to keep her any longer she was old she was struggling and it was not fair to her my cat who was 17.5 or seven, 
was bringing me birds into the house, climbing the fence, terrorizing the cats next door. And then one day I pick her up and she's completely limp and her kidneys are shut down and we had to put her down. And that was horrible because I wasn't prepared for it. And I felt guilt, but at the same time I had to understand her organs were shutting down. She was in pain and it would have been cruel to try and save her at that age with what she would have had to go through in order to survive. And at some point we have to understand their lives are short. And we have to understand that we have to let them go when they're ready to go and to go peacefully and without pain and with love. I've interviewed parents who have lost their children. I can't imagine it. I don't ever want to imagine it. I don't ever want to go through that. But it's very interesting to see the different reactions. The people that survive it the best have said that child is with me, will always be with me, is always still talking to me, and I am doing things in their name. I am doing things to carry on their work, uh, to keep them with me. Those are the people that get through it easier, and it doesn't mean that they don't hurt or that they don't miss their child. It just means that whatever they do in life, they take their child with them in spirit. And their child in spirit does not want them to suffer, wants them to carry on, and that child's spirit will be with them. And there's also losing a spouse, and you know, that's a hard one as well. But we're talking about the anxiety today of facing things in the moment. How do we react? If somebody's done you an injustice or hurt your, your animal or your child, you're going to be angry, and that anger is going to come out. But You've also got to be mindful because how you handle it is a reflection on your child. If you're handling it badly, then people are going to go, oh, look at that, the apple doesn't fall, you know, fall too far from the tree. If you handle it with accountability, you, know, you hurt my child, the accountability must be there. You must step up and own it. Um, you can be mad, but at the same time, you've got to turn around and be naturing to your child. Your child, if they have been attacked in any way, is feeling victimized, but also in some part of the way feels that they have asked for it or they were doing something they shouldn't have been doing. It's the same with children of divorced parents. They think they caused it and that mummy and daddy don't love them anymore. And there's a lot of pain there. So we have to be careful. And you know, I've, I'm going to say I'm guilty of this. When I was going through my separation, there were words between my husband and I and my son had to step in and be our mediator um, because we were just not communicating. It was affecting the children. And it was actually my children that said, it's time for a divorce. It's okay to let go. Our kids are amazing. They're awesome. They're incredibly wise. And if we give them the support and show them their strength and their courage, they will understand what they need to do. They will be able to think with a clear head they'll be able to embrace those emotions and not get stuck in the emotional of the moment. Let us empower them by showing our strength. It's okay to say later after the, the everything's calmed down and go, you know, I was really shook up about that. That scared me to death. I'm so glad you're okay. Oh, I'm glad, mom, that you're okay. You know, we're all all right. We've got through this. But there's a time and place to show the emotion. So, if you've had a loss of a child, you're not going to decide that emotion. That emotion is going to decide you. But if your child or your pet or the people you love are going through something at the moment, 
be calm. If something's happening at work and you really would love to scream your head off, be calm. Choose your moment to go and do that. Calmness will get you through it. Calmness will give you the answers. Calmness will open up to people talking to you. Okay? One of the hardest things to do. So find the techniques. Is it tapping? Is it meditation? Is it deep breathing? Is it in the moment walking away from something to take a few deep breaths and then come back and deal with it? Sometimes you have the luxury of doing that. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you have to step into automation and just start doing what you need to do and then later on worry about it. It's not a question of right and wrong. It's a question of who does it best serve. If you're calm, you best serve the person that's going through the trouble. If you are loving and nurturing, you're helping that person find that strength, courage, and love within themselves to go through whatever they're going through, whether it be emotional or physical. Being stressed out along with them isn't helping them. They need that calmness. They need that someone that's just zen because then that helps them calm down themselves. Don't come them, calm down, calm down, calm down, breathe, calm down. No, that's going to cause them more stress. Go up to them, grab their hands and say, let's breathe together. Come on, sweetheart, let's breathe together. Deep breath in. Hold it, one, two, three, let's sit down. Let's do a few more of those. You feel calmer? That's good. Now let's look at the situation. We need that calmness in order to know how to deal with what we're dealing with. We cannot deal with it if we are in stress, anxiety, or hysteria. So whether you're having to take a cat or a dog to get spayed or neutered, whether you're taking your kid to the dentist or the doctors, whether they're having some sort of treatment for something, do it calmly. As I said, go shiver and shake later. Go for a jog. Go and do something that releases that anxiety in you. But in that moment, present yourself as calmness. Present yourself as cool. Because it helps the, the doctors or the practitioners to do their job. It places trust in you. Now, and it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. And if, if the child, you can say, is it hurting, darling? I'm sorry. Let's take a breath. Let's take a breath. It's going to be over soon. It's not like, oh, this is going to be all right. You're not going to feel nothing. No, sometimes they're going to feel something. I say, it's okay, it's going to be over soon. You can do this. You're strong. And be that strength for them. Encourage them. Because that's how we get through it. I know that um, when people have lost someone, they've called me and I become that strength there. It's something that's automated. I also know what I've gone through. And I can be cool and calm at the moment and then shiver and shake later. But, and sometimes I can react. It, it just depends on what it is or where it's hurting. But I've learned, I've learned that the taking of the breath, the dealing with the moment, the situation is just so much more beneficial. It's also taught me how to face anything in life in calmness. I've had a lot of attacks through my life for being different. And I've always found the best way to, to take them is just be cool, calm, and collected. Because you don't want to exacerbate it. Sorry, I'm having a hard time with that word today. If you react, you're feeding the attack. 
At the same time, you can defend yourself, but do it with a calm tone. I was once a new chairwoman of a mother's group, and I was allowed to authorize something up to $20 being spent, and our kids were graduating from there and going into, um, into preschool. Um, and so I wanted to buy them some colorful shoelaces to go on their way. We were gonna have a little party for them. And this one woman got up and attacked me. Who do I think I am making these decisions without everyone else? And just laid into me. And I was shocked and everybody else was shocked. It was my first meeting. And I just took a breath and I said, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I will pay for the shoelaces myself but the party will go on for the children. You don't have to be there if you don't want to be. And then concluded the uh, meeting. And people kind of stayed away from me because they didn't know how to react. Later they came up to me and said, how were you so calm? There was a mother's dinner and the woman who had attacked me came up and they said, how can you be so calm with her? And I said, because I don't need to get into a fight. She's clearly going through something. I don't want it imposed upon me. There's nothing in me that says I need to be rude. So I will just be courteous. And that's somewhere along the line you have to look at your own standard of being. Do I want to reduce myself like to, to that lower level and get into an attack and pissing match and a cat fight? No. Instead, I took an authoritative tone and calm. I took control of it, right or wrong. I went home and cried my eyes out, cried my eyes out because I felt abandoned because nobody had come to my defense. And I realized afterwards when they came up to me, I'm sorry, we just didn't know what to say. We've never seen that before. You did nothing. Another woman was going through something and I was the dumpster. So we can defend ourselves, but do it calmly. Do it with an authoritative tone, kind of you're taking charge. You know, I kind of go into a deep voice and a take charge moment. I'm not being rude. I'm just saying it as it is. And that lets people know this is the no-nonsense voice. This is you knowing yourself, what you can, what you can't do, how you react to things. So don't be afraid to know who you are. Don't be afraid to practice Go in the mirror. <laughs> you know, your kids do something when you want a girl and go, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Child, come here. They know that tone of voice. Oh, mommy didn't like that. That tone of voice is there. Child comes up to you. What do you think you're doing? Ha, ha, ha. Do you think that's nice or do you think that's right? and deal with it. Because we're all reactionary creatures. Don't pun punish a child from exploring, but do hold them accountable when they do something that hurts another person. Don't hurt them. Hold them accountable for that hurting. My kids got into an argument. I make them hug and kiss each other. And it was so ew that they started laughing. If I put them in the corner, a timeout, they had to turn around and face us. They had to see us having fun. If they wanted to get back in the action, they had to change their attitude. And then they'll come back in and enjoy themselves. There's all different ways of facing things. But be as calm as you can. And that will come 
from you knowing your own form of meditation, your own form of breathing, your own form of taking control of yourself. But I promise you, if you do, you will feel an awful lot better over how you handle things. You'll feel an awful lot better in your reactions to things. You'll feel stronger. And therefore, when you're dealing with your animals, your children, or other people you love that are going through something, you will be their strength. You will be their courage because you are the calmness. So find it in any way that you can, please. Because calm minds prevail. Calm hearts prevail. Calm souls and calm spirits. Take that breath. And let it all go. And then deal with what you have to deal with in the moment. So until next time, folks, don't let stress get the better of you. Be calm, cool, and collected. Bye for now. We hope that you enjoyed the show. To find many more shows of inspiration, please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com, podcasts, and you will see an array of shows to choose from. Please do visit our www.discoveringcommunities.org and see what else that we have in store for you. Do enjoy our next show.